No one can compete with you at being you. I remember coming up with that phrase from my buddy who works at Lyft. He had, you know, incredible pressures to be something more than what he thought he was and other people's expectations. And I, I watched him keep trying to rise to this, this image that he thought he had to be. And it struck me that day that his authenticity and his belief and his work ethic is what drove our relationship. And he's in business development, right? And I'm in, I'm in the Marine Corps, right? But it was what drove us and his vision. And he was calling all that into question in a way because he felt the pressure to be something else. And it struck me that he's going to be a horrible version of something else. He's an incredible version of him. And so you have this, you have this image now that like, if someone else tried to be what you are, they'll be a bastardized version and they'll suck at it. But if you are truly you and you, you embrace your skills and your authenticity, you know, and how you go about it to the greatest degree and don't feel this pressure to change it. Now we always want to improve and get better. Right. But like, not to be something different, not this feel that we must be something different, then he's going to be the best version of himself. No one else can compete with that. And you talk about competitive advantage. You know, I think about that now with me, like what I've been able to do over the last four or five years is build a world around my strengths. And so people feel the authenticity of who I am, but I was allowed to create that world because I embraced the things that I was. And I said, well, these things, these other things I kind of suck at. So, you know what, like that's a detriment to our mission. Then since I'm basically running this thing by myself, I'm going to build around my strengths and I'm going to forget the rest. Right. And, and people respond to that because they know, like, I'm not changing my hats as I go from my personal life into my professional life. Like I am just real and people crave real. Yeah. Everything's a facade. They don't know what to trust. You know, <laughs> my boss was, I'm on my back patio right now. Colonel in the Marine Corps is, you know, two weeks ago sitting on my back patio with a general and myself. Like he had, the general is his, his buddy from a long time ago. So they, they came and met with me on my back patio and like, <laughs> The, and it was a great exchange and everything else. And I talked to my boss later uh, in the next week. And he's like, he's like, I loved seeing like, you know, your family and your house and everything. But what struck me is that your backyard's wild, right? Like, and you said, like, I'd like to just see what shoots up. I want to see what wildflowers or what wild growth just comes, right? It just, and he's like, it totally matches like your whole professional persona as well. Like you just see what comes like you just don't yeah. knock it down. Don't have a perception of a manicured yard. And I got pieces of it that are manicured, but like I embrace the wildness. I just want to see what's coming. And like that totally correlated to how he saw me in my professional life, which is true. Right. Like I just, <laughs> I till ground and I'm just waiting, you know, I just wait and see what pops up. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, but the fact that my backyard actually embodied my professional life too is a fascinating concept to me but that 
that is where I have found incredible success is that the same character, the same principles that guide me in how I raise my kids or how I treat my wife or how I treat my neighbor is the same ones that guide me in how I deal with Verizon or how I deal with bureaucrats that I hate inside the Marine Corps. Um, or, you know, like I, I just treat them the same. I am, I am the same. I'm not changing who I am to some perception. You know, one of my taglines of my future business is um, the future of talent management that meshes personal interests with professional production. Imagine if you were in a world that you got to embrace all of your strengths and your interests, and that's what you pursued all the time. And that same seamless character transition, there is no transition. I don't see a transition. Like I just, I'm just here. Right. And um, so that gets back to this whole thing of uh, you are the best version of you and you have to embrace that. And people will pick that apart because they're not you. And so you've got to find the belief and the resolve from when you look in the mirror and I tell people I'm the hardest boss I've ever had, right? Because every single day I have to look in the mirror and know the whole of me and determine if I'm being true to what I believe. So how does one discover that? I mean, how did you come to know yourself so well? I mean, you and I both have spent a good portion of our lives being introspective and self-aware, but that's not in that's not something everyone does so you know how might somebody begin to cultivate that or like what is your what is your take on know thyself you have to remove the ego i mean that's mm-hmm. number one i am first critical of myself before i'm critical of everyone else now i am observant of everyone else and because i observe the world and other people and how they interact um, you may deem me critical, but I'm not judging them. I'm, I'm, I'm learning, right? I'm learning mm-hmm. what makes other people tick and how they behave and how they respond to things. Because the goal of that is actually to be better myself. I've learned more about leadership by watching poor leadership than reading about good leadership. And so the balance there is then you have to be more critical of yourself. You know, it's the whole, you know, speck in someone else's eye or, you know, plank in mine, you know, the whole biblical principle. So I, I judge myself more critically, but not in a way, not in a condemnation way, but in a conviction way. You know, the difference of condemnation versus conviction. Condemnation wants you to bend, wants you to bow, wants you to, you know, think horribly of yourself and and then you're defeated in your the finger pointing back at you right but conviction is to be better is to improve it's that positive look at how you are with an eye towards how you improve so i don't think i i don't know that i cultivated any of that like that's just who i've always been i first look at myself because i'm trying to be the best version of me. Um, and I'm watching the world to learn what the world is and learn what I am. That's how I go about it. 
that was that was a bit of a leading question because I know I know the answer. <laughs> which is uh, teach me <laughs> uh, uh, you are a an intelligent designer of your own life and design inherently or the value of design is a way to conceive of a problem within context and iteratively test solutions against that problem but you need to start with a design concept and that is essentially value-based about you know your, your environment and your place within it and how you intend to interact with the world so i could be talking about architecture but i could also be talking about our life because you built not a structure but an intent right the intent was congruous with every other component of it Right. We tend to focus in on one thing and we think it's in isolation, but no, bring that back up. Why are, what are we about? Why are we doing this? Whatever. And that's this commander's intent or aspirational vision that we use in our work is always the guiding light. And it's a why you can be agile in your decision-making, right? Because now it's just, it's just a representation. It's a character overflow of what you are about and what your what the purpose of the endeavor was anyway. <laughs>